When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Luna the Podcast. My name is Carolina Salazar, also known as the Carolina Lifestyle on TikTok and Instagram. My goal with this podcast is to demystify modern spirituality, talk about all things holistic health and wellness, and to also empower you to show up as your best and highest self. Thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Hope you're having a really beautiful day. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're nourishing yourself. And overall, just taking care of your mind, body, soul like the amazing, beautiful human being that you are. I hope you remember that your health is always worth it and that I'm always here cheering you on as your spiritual BFF, as your health and wellness bestie, And we are back with another guest episode. This week, I sat with Kelsey Weaver. Kelsey is one of my friends that I've made through Instagram. She is a digital nomad. She's also a social media marketer. And she runs her own business selling Kangen water machines as well. So she is very multifaceted. And we sat down for a really awesome conversation where we get to really hear about her journey with basically working a nine to five that she didn't really love or feel passionate about to working for herself becoming financially empowered we also get to hear about her spiritual journey and how her spiritual journey has tied to her romantic experiences and how she's learned a lot from her relationships and how that's fueled a lot of her personal growth which i think is a really cool angle because i haven't gotten to talk to a lot of people on the podcast about that and i think it's something that we all go through relationships are such teachers And we learn a lot from our interactions with other people, both romantically as well as professionally and friendships-wise in all kinds of relationships. So you're in for a treat. She is super spiritual, really cool, and just her story is really empowering. And I think you're definitely going to relate to it in many ways. So I really hope that you love it. I hope that you enjoy our conversation. It really, I think, will just feel like you're listening into two friends, just catching up, getting to know each other and chatting about themes like relationships and money and spirituality and self-love and growth. So just a really awesome conversation. Every single guest episode that I've had has brought such unique value to the podcast and I'm extremely grateful for that. So hope you've been liking them. I'm sure you're going to love this one. And with that said, I will see you on the other side. Welcome to the show, Kels. Thank you. So great to be here, Carolina. So happy to be here with you today. And just to introduce yourself to everyone listening, could you share your sun, moon, and rising? And then if you know it, and then also share like what you create content about. Yeah, absolutely. So I only know my sun. I'm a Libra. Um, and unfortunately, I don't know my moon or rising because I don't know what time I was born and I have not been able to figure it out. <laughs> and then on um, Instagram and TikTok, I create content around holistic health and sustainability. And then also more recently, long term and solo travel. Yes. 
amazing. So I love everything that you share and I love how you like show your life in your content and like you really just show the ability for someone to like live in Mexico if they want and like work for themselves like I think it's super inspiring that you kind of show that to the people who follow you and to your audience and to your community so I would love to hear a little bit about how you were able to get to this point of like the solo travel and the just like exploring the world while working for yourself from like a nine to five to that and what the process of arriving there was like Yeah, so I think it starts with tuning in to what you individually want and not what, you know, all of these outside influences are telling you you should want. And that's the hardest part. And I think the hardest thing to to move past, because, you know, society at large tells you what you should want. Your parents tell you what you should want. Your your, Your family and your siblings and your friends, like, But in reality, like we each came to earth in this human existence with some purpose and we have this vision already ingrained in us for our lives and how they will go and how they will play out. And so I think, you know, how I got to where I am is by like learning to tune into that vision and to trust it for myself. And it's taken a lot of, you know, doing the exact opposite of that and not trusting that to finally kind of get to a place where I'm like, I'm more willing to listen to that voice and to trust myself and to trust what I feel. Um, so I guess to, to start, you know, I was going, I was in college, I was going throughout college and um, I was studying mass communications and I kind of fell on that path because it was pretty broad and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so I thought that it would give me a lot of options and I didn't really have to, yeah, like decide on one thing at that moment. And I was going throughout college and I, I had this gut feeling. I knew in my soul that I did not want to go into a nine to five job. I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day. Um, And, you know, maybe since I was like 15 or 16, I had been following people online who were working and traveling um, and especially like, you know, solo women traveling or couples traveling. And so that's a, Mm -hmm. a lifestyle that I really admired and saw myself living. And yeah, I mean, I think that kind of stemmed from my family never traveling. Like my family, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, we went on like one week vacations to the beach in the summer and that's phenomenal. Like I'm so thankful that I had the privilege to do things like that with my family, but none of my family had ever traveled outside the country. And so for that wow. reason, I had never. And so it wasn't until I was either 18 or 19 that I left the country for the first time and my mom left with me for the first time in her life too. We went to Australia for a few weeks and so that was kind of like my introduction to international travel and I was hooked. I mean I think anytime you're traveling like that and seeing new places and eating new food and like experiencing new people and cultures it's exciting and thrilling and so I was like hooked on that idea and so you know, throughout college then I kind of jumped on any opportunity I could to travel. I studied in Spain for two weeks and then I took a month trip to Eastern Europe and saw like countries around Eastern Europe. And yeah, but those experiences, they were all kind of like coordinated and planned and like other people were going with me. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily deciding what I wanted to do in the middle of those, those experiences. So yeah, I, I graduated college still feeling like 
this is not what I want to do. I don't want to go into a nine to five. I don't want to go work like this. It's not, I, I don't think this is going to make me happy. So throughout that time, I was kind of exploring other opportunities, other ways that I could work online. And something that I think is really common for people that do this is like, they'll, they'll Google how to work online and travel. And a lot of the opportunities that come up, like you can do them. You can work online and travel as like an English teacher or as a person that types, um, <laughs> I can't think of what it's called, but anyway. Um, but I think the thing about those opportunities is that they're never going to bring long-term and lasting financial freedom. They're always yeah. like an hourly rate, probably a minimal hourly rate for your time. And so you're exchanging then your time and your energy for, for money instead of like creating something for yourself. And so that's really what I wanted to do. And so it was then that I stumbled across the, the opportunity to become an independent distributor with Enagic. So just to give some background, I guess, Enagic is a global company that produces the technology behind Kongan water machines. And so I purchased my own machine the summer after graduating and decided that I wanted to become a distributor because you know, this, this company and this machine really aligned with my values of health and sustainability and like healing our body holistically. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to share this with others just because of how it affected me and my skin and my digestion and like, um, PMS symptoms. So yeah, I started doing that, but I still had to find a way to make an income in the meantime, before that business, like really started to grow. And I ended up doing what I didn't want to do. I ended up going the opposite direction of what my, my soul and my intuition told me. And I went into working for a social media agency in a full-time nine to five position. And the company is great. It's an amazing company. They do a lot for their employees. It's very youthful culture. Um, but yet I was still feeling like it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to keep me there or to have me feel fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the time I was driving an hour to work and then an hour and a half back because of traffic. And so like, it was a long day and I kind of got to this point after just a few months, like maybe like four or five months where I was like, this is not sustainable. I don't feel good. Like, I don't feel like I can take care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and also do this and also pursue my side hustle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just kind of got to a point of like overwhelm. And so I started planning during that job, like how I was going to get out within like four months. I was like planning to like financially, like how I was leaving. Um, mm -hmm. Like within four months of being in the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I ended up working there for about a year and a half, probably after a year, I, I just asked them if I could go part-time. And so I took a part-time contract position with them. They were really like open to that and flexible, which I'm so grateful for. And that gave me, that's great. You know, yeah. And that gave me time on the side to pursue distribution with Enagic. But then I also picked up some of my own freelance clients. So I found that, you know, I was working with more companies that I actually aligned with and that I wanted to, to support and see them grow. Whereas in my nine to five, one of my last tasks was like working with a sausage company and producing graphics about why sausage is healthy. And oh, it, no. yeah, so it, <laughs> like it, 
yeah, it struck me to my core that I had to like create this information that I didn't really believe in and put it out to the world through mass media, through social media, um, and like share beliefs that aren't necessarily mine. Well, definitely aren't mine, but I wouldn't even necessarily say are true. Yeah. So it's been really rewarding then like working with clients that I do align with like coaches in women empowerment and like companies that are very focused on planetary health and sustainability or um, like clean skincare and like companies that are really conscious of what they're putting in their products. It's been really exciting for me to do, do some work like that. And then I guess to bring it full circle. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I told you, like I had this vision for wanting to work and travel and how, how that would be my life. I kind of imagined myself spending 10 months of the year elsewhere and then spending two at home because I am really close with my family. And yeah, I think this um, experience going and living in Mexico for three months kind of opened my eyes to what I thought I wanted, but I actually don't want. And so it really clarified for me what I want in life and how I want to live, you know, how I want to feel financially, how I want to feel in relationships and what is important to me in that regard. And so I think, you know, that trip, it was absolutely necessary for my personal development. Yeah. And, and I think just set me on a course now that feels even better than it did. Wow. Amazing. That's such a good story. Like, thank you for sharing it from like start to finish and, and just giving all that context because I've really like been anchoring, you know, the fact that like every decision we make is based on context, everything we do, like there's a whole backstory. There's so many shades of gray and like everyone's journey is so unique. So I really like how like vulnerable you were and also just, the progression overall that your story takes ultimately I feel like you were very grounded in the fact that like when you saw those people growing up that lived this lifestyle of just like working for themselves or living and working and traveling and all of that that you like saw it as like I align with that and that's what my soul feels called to and like it's this feeling that's just been like there for so many years and when I was growing up I was the same way I used to love watching like beauty youtube videos mac barbie 07 if you know who that is just like doing like makeup tutorials and then now here i am like making my own makeup tutorials like on a reel or stuff like that so it's really cool seeing what our younger selves like to consume and then how we evolve to kind of like become that ourselves so Uh something you mentioned was when you were deciding this when even in college like when you decided okay this is like truly what i feel called to do there's a lot that comes up there's a lot of things society tells us about like how we're supposed to live our life and even the people we meet in college or like what other people are doing which are maybe these more traditional paths and maybe we just don't feel called to that type of path so a lot of these fears can come up of feeling different or feeling like oh maybe I should just do what everyone else is doing or oh I'll disappoint people or I won't be good enough if I don't do that so how did you navigate that and how did that come up for you throughout your path? Yeah, I think, you know, that was, I feel maybe the first time that I had a really big decision to make about life where I was feeling called in the exact opposite direction of what everyone wanted me to do and what they wanted for me. And so I think for that reason, I ended up falling into what was expected of me. And 
you know, then coming to, to realize that it wasn't going to fulfill me because it wasn't actually what I wanted. And I was just doing it because everyone else wanted me to do it. Granted, there's a lot of benefits to me doing that, you know, and it set me up to get to the next steps. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've been really fortunate that I have a very supportive family and my family, you know, just kind of trust in what I think and feel. And even if they don't get it, they, they support it until I change my mind <laughs> and until I, you know, turn paths or move in another direction. And so I know that I'm, I'm very privileged in that way. So I, I think maybe it was a little bit easier for me to say than like, you know, actually I don't want this and I'm not going to do it. Then it might be for someone who's like, you know, has those influences and they're like constantly saying, no, you can't do this. This is wrong. This is wrong for you to do this. You have to do it this way. This is how you live. This is how adults work. Like, you know, like all of this programming, but I'm also very stubborn. (laughs) I'm very stubborn. I know what I want and I go after it. So I think that's another part of it. It's just like, I I think coming to know what I, what I feel and what I want. Like I, I think we have to put a lot of weight on that. I think we have to learn how to like trust ourselves and our own desires and not and not question them because of all of this programming that we've had. I read this quote this morning and I wrote it down because I knew that it would come up. And it said, we have to stop making the quote unquote right choices and start making the choices that feel right. Yes. Rarely do they align. That is such a good quote. And it's so true. I'm like really glad that your parents were supportive like that and that even if they didn't understand exactly what that meant for you or how it would unfold, that they just fully supported you like that. Because I've definitely not experienced that as much. Like for the past two years that I've been creating content, just like doing my like side hustles and all this stuff, my parents are very supportive. My dad made an Instagram to like go see my page. Like he doesn't use Instagram, but they just like don't understand social media and they have their own human lives of their own backgrounds and their own traumas. And I understand, but it's been hard for them to support the things that they don't know. Like that element of the unknown to my parents freaks them out, I think, of what it could mean to take a path that's not the one they took or the one that is mostly common amongst people are seen as what success means in the, this past version of success that I think pre-pandemic was very obvious. And as the pandemic happened, a lot of people's definition of success has changed. So I just really love that quote because when you're making the choices that feel right, you are also putting yourself in like the right vibration. Like you're matching vibrationally with what truly feels good. So what are some of those things for you that like feel good and feel right? And how can you tell the difference when you're actually making those choices? I mean, I think it just depends on the the situation too. But since we're like on on the the terms of work and life right now, I think some of those things that feel good are like having autonomy and like being able to make my own schedule and choose when I work. I personally like intuitively schedule my days and my weeks. So I schedule based on how I'm feeling and whether I'm communicative and I want to have meetings today or whether, you know, I really just need to take a step back and like take care of my own mental health. Uh, I think another thing that's really important to me in my work is that my values align with the work that I'm doing. I 
am now working with a lot of clients that um, do align with my values. And it's just a stark contrast in like the feeling of doing that work and like my willingness to want to even do it. Um, when, you know, I feel like I'm supporting something that I genuinely want to see grow and want to see like more of in the world. And so that feels really good. It feels really good having, feeling balanced and being able to also take care of my own mental and physical health and not feel like that has to come second to my work. That's super, super important to me. Having time to spend outside and do activities that aren't work-related that I really enjoy and having that Like surfing? Yes. <laughs> I started learning how to surf in Mexico. I'd never been before. And yeah, I like hired an instructor for a month. I was like, I had a feeling that I would go and it would be really hard and then I wouldn't want to do it again and I would kind of give up. So I hired an instructor for the month and I rented a board for the month and I was like, you're committed, you're doing it, you're learning. And it was so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. I love that. So I think what you were saying, especially with when you wake up and you're, well, first like living intuitively and just allowing every week to be slightly different and just like every day, even, I think that's something I'm really starting to tap into. I used to have like such a strict routine or like a way my life was supposed to be. And I feel like as time has passed, I'm just kind of sinking into this realization that every day can look different and it's okay to just like still do the things that feel really good and they're like rituals that you enjoy, but it doesn't have to be in a specific order in a specific time every day for it to be considered a good day or a good routine or even like a good life. So I really like that. Just like intuitively scheduling. That sounds really cool. And I, I like that like concept and idea a lot. And then also just realizing when are you actually excited about the work? Like, do I actually care about this company and like want to see them grow to give my time to them, to give my energy to this and knowing what you're giving your energy to mm-hmm. plus play, of course, like yeah. making time for the, the stuff that's not work. That's so important mm-hmm. too. So I love everything about that. And just pivoting a little bit, I would love to kind of dive into spirituality a little bit more. We've like had conversations offline, like about spirituality on DMs. And I feel like you resonate a lot with like the spiritual things that I share as well. So I would love to hear about your spiritual journey when you first came into contact with spirituality, just give us a little rundown of when that happened and just how the journey has shifted since that point. I don't know that I've ever fully told my story of how I've come to spirituality. So I think that just telling this will be a bit of a self-discovery for me. Yes. Um, and we love that. Uh, we yeah, love to I see think, it. <laughs> I think it really started for me in high school. I got really into yoga and a little bit of meditation at the time, like short guided meditations. And then I would usually fall asleep. <laughs> and I think that's how I was introduced to it. And that's also, you know, how I was introduced to holistic health, just through people that specifically that I was following and then one of my really good friends was into some of the same things so I was learning a lot through her as well and then I think as I went throughout college I you know I was still still like practicing yoga every once in a while but I really really got into meditation at that time and yeah like found (laughs) how did you like first make contact with meditation I started off by doing guided meditations and I would listen to them on YouTube. There's some good ones on Spotify. And, you know, I think it kind of started that way because when we start to practice meditation, often beginners, our minds are really cluttered. And like, we end up just thinking about every other thing and like, can't 
come to find stillness. And so guided meditations were really helpful for that reason, because they kind of let me sit with an intention or, you know, find some sort of purpose through that practice without, you know, trying to control the stillness of my mind by myself. I had someone directing me to do that. And I would say like, just in the past year or maybe six months is when I started to really dive into a a different sort of meditation practice and didn't use any guided tracks and like was only using sound bowls or um, high vibrational frequencies. Yes. Yes. And it is entirely different. I'm sure also, sorry, just to quickly make a, a side note. I also feel like the same progression happened to me. I started meditating with guided meditations. And then just recently this year, I started trying to do in some a little bit in the fall too. I was just trying to not do anything like guided and either just sit there in silence or like recently even putting these high vibrational frequencies and just some days my mind still is cluttered. Like some days I am thinking a lot. And then there are other days that I am able to sit there fully and like a little bit more stillness for at least half of the time. So I think it's really cool that we have a similar progression. But yeah. now continue. So meditation, that was in college when you first made contact with it? Actually, no. So the first time I meditated was in seventh grade. And I remember it so vividly because it was like my world culture's teacher. And we were learning yeah, about probably like Hinduism or Buddhism. And we meditated in class before we took a test. We probably did like maybe five minute meditation before class. She guided us through this meditation and she it was like a visualization meditation. So we were like Mm -hmm. visualizing the warmth of the sun on the water. Like it was beyond beautiful. And that was my first introduction to meditation. I love your face right now. I'm like full Um, jaw, like dropped. That's amazing. After that, we had to either take this test or like write about this meditation or something. And I remember writing in cursive because I was feeling like so peaceful and calm and like I was sitting there writing in cursive voluntarily. That's not something you do, (laughs) at least not in my school. You didn't have to use cursive. Um, And so that was was my first, very first introduction to meditation. That's amazing. I bet the experience of writing too was great after that meditation. But like you said, with the the guided meditations, I kind of found, and, and moving into meditating with sound bowls or frequency music or just silence, I kind of found like when you know that transition should happen is kind of when you start to get annoyed with the guided meditation track and their voice because you're finding peace and they're talking over your peace. Yes. And you're like, I just want like to experience the stillness. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of found that meditating with frequency music or sound bowls, I am able to slip into a much deeper meditation. It still takes a while. Like I think, you know, maybe the first half hour, my mind is still really going. And then after like 30 minutes is when I really find like stillness. I've never meditated for more than 30 minutes. Please do. I literally just started doing it for longer and it's, it's so beautiful. And I feel like I've also been able to like receive like messages from the divine from meditation. That's incredible. Okay. So started with yoga I think so many people start their spiritual journeys through yoga. And it just for me is so interesting because I've never had a super spiritual experience with yoga. 
like maybe once yeah. when I was in Tulum, like it was a different style of yoga class and I experienced that. But I feel like yoga for so many people is such a like, like what's the right word? It's like a the puzzle piece that kind of connects them with the spiritual realm and then eventually like moves into other directions. But I also think it really depends on like that instruction, that instructor or that experience that you had in that class. So from yoga, I went into meditation and then like, how did it evolve into more of knowing about the ego and like about the comfort zone and all of these other elements that play in. So like, how did that come through after those two things became a part of your experience? I guess I kind of want to backtrack to yoga for a second, because I do feel like you're right in that a lot of people come to spirituality through yoga. And maybe that's because we just consider yoga more spiritual practice, like activity than other exercises because that's its foundation even though you know in the Mm -hmm. western world we do it as an activity as an exercise Mm -hmm. so I think it did start like that for me it did start as just like physical movement and it has evolved especially over the last year to be a place where I go when um, you feel stagnant emotions I need to move them and so most of like my yoga over the past year isn't like intense yoga postures or like what I would do in a vinyasa class. It's like just intuitively moving where I know that I need to like get something out. And so there's been multiple times where I just like go into pigeon pose and cry because so much of our emotions is stored in our hips. And when we're like releasing, when we're stretching those areas, it's releasing. And so it's been like a huge you know, form of emotional release for me too, because it's physically moving things. Yeah. And did you ever do a a training? Have you just done it for long enough where you just like know which poses you feel called to? Yeah. So, um, I was required to do like a physical activity class in college, like as one of my, just part of my three requirements. So I did a power yoga class and I think that taught me more about like the very nitty gritty of alignment and certain postures and things you should and shouldn't do, but it didn't necessarily get me in touch with the spiritual side of yoga. I think that kind of came on my own, just like using it as, you know, a place to come to when I needed it. And yeah, I, I haven't had any like other formal training though. I have really been you know, interested in deepening my spiritual practices over the last month or so, and have been like looking for opportunities to explore that and to dive deeper. And so I am planning to do a yoga teacher training in this. Oh, yes. I don't know why you didn't ask that because I remember you did a poll in your Instagram (laughs) asking for recommendations. So I'm sure that will be a super awesome experience is doing that certification at some point in the future. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So continue with the story. I want to know like the evolution um it's never a straight line it's not no I think I think another part of this for me especially being Libra is that um being in relationships has helped my spiritual evolution a lot as well um and this is just something that I've recently come to recognize but um you know I can look back and see like the kind of person I was in these relationships and how I was like you know, kept in this container or forced to grow depending on who I was with and how I was in that relationship. And yeah, I think even just like some, I I think more of my spiritual growth has come from the people that I interact with both in, in real life and those that I follow on social media. 
because I, I feel like, you know, since I decided to quit my nine to five and not pursue the traditional path, I've kind of been on this journey of questioning everything that I do. Even if I, even if I believe it to be truth and hold it as truth, like I've still questioned it to decide whether I actually agree with it or whether society has conditioned me to believe that thing or my parents and, you know, um I think that that's what like spirituality becomes for a lot of people like when you when you like kind of learn like we are conditioned to believe certain things but our beliefs are changeable and they're just in our subconscious mind and we can rewire all of that that's when you truly start to realize that you do have basically full control over Mm -hmm. how your life progresses when you are able to be very aware of your beliefs and questioning like is this actually a belief of mine or is this a belief that I was just told to have or that my parents taught me or that xyz person has made me believe is the truth yeah I I think for me it has been easier to rewire that condition in some areas of my life especially with work like because I saw how exhausted it made me and I knew to my core that there was another way and that I could make good money if not better (laughs) doing it another way And, um, I find that there's other areas of my life that it's been more difficult for me to rewire some of those beliefs and it's taking a lot longer. And, you know, some days I feel like I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to rewire them. And other days I feel like everything's falling in place. And that's just kind of like the cyclical nature, I think of life and of like relationships and entrepreneurship and just like everything. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And I think as you were saying as well, social media and just having a community of spiritual people is something super powerful. And I think amongst my like college friends or even my family for a long time, I felt really different than everyone in like what I was moving towards or my beliefs. So it's really cool to like have this community online of other people who are on a similar path and just being able to connect and learn from each other and share what we're learning and consume each other's content and just be aligned. I think that's really amazing. And I enjoyed what you said as well about just relationships being huge teachers because same for me, like my relationships have been huge catalysts of growth and awareness and just like maybe relationships not going in the way you planned them or wanted them to go also being a huge catalyst for growth and like leading you to learn certain things that you needed to learn about yourself and about your path and your patterns and things you have to work on. So at this point, and this is something I asked one of my guests recently as well is like at this point in your journey, like having come like this whole way, like let's get vulnerable a little bit and like what <laughs> what are some of the things or maybe one thing that you feel like keeps coming up for you that you're like okay I need to work through this mm. for me right now it's it's definitely in the relationship sphere of sphere of things and I think maybe it's recognizing that the people that I keep getting into relationships with are people that I shouldn't be in relationships with or that I don't want long-term relationships with. And, and I think maybe that comes with maturity and awareness, like looking back, it's easier. It's always easier to look back and be like, Oh, there was so many red flags from the start. So I'm kind of at a point of, you know, really defining what it is that I do want and what my non-negotiables are. And what my core needs are that have to be met to stay in in a relationship with someone or to even 
get in one in the first place. And so I'm developing this heightened level of awareness around these things that I've been blind to in the past, around things that I've like either, you know, didn't have any awareness around or that have I've blatantly ignored <laughs> because we probably have those things too. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, you know, I'm just kind of like reading a lot of books that are like having me reevaluate some of the patterns that I have had in relationships. Um, and that's a, such powerful work. Yeah. Like I've, I've done that type of work as well throughout my journey. And I think relationship work is very deep and it brings a lot of emotions and grief sometimes because it kind of makes you think a lot about the past and reflect a lot. What are some of these books that you've so, One that I'm reading right now, I just started a few days ago and the first few pages are like a letter to the reader and it starts like dear wild woman or something like that and is it wild woman's way no it's called you only you only fall in love three times and I started reading this letter to the reader and I was like bawling and then laughing and then bawling and laughing and it was like so beautiful and speaking to my soul um but she you know she's saying you only fall in love three times and she's not saying only three times in your life but there's three types of love that we typically experience in our life And she's saying that those three are the soulmate love, the karmic love, and the twin flame love. Ooh, I want to read this book. It seems so interesting. Yeah. So I've been reading this and it's just like very enlightening to some of the things that I've felt throughout different relationships and the way that I've carried myself. And like even the reflections that I've had about some of the relationships I've been in, it's like calling those out. It's like, this is why you were doing this. And so that book has been amazing. I've been reading Eat, Pray, Love again. Um, oh. I started reading it like a year ago and it was great then, but I, I have this tendency of like reading halfway through a book and then not finishing. So when I come back to it, I have to start over. I just have to. Mm. So I started it over and it just felt so much more relevant. And like, once again, was like crying and laughing, reading this book. Yeah. So just a lot of things like that. Um, I've also, I just bought a bunch that I haven't started. I bought Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Not sure if you're familiar with that one. No, I've never read that one before. Yeah. And then um, The Mastery of Love is always. Yes, that, was, that one's really good. Yeah. Um, there's an analogy for anyone listening that hasn't read that book. There's an analogy in that book that I always remember, which is the, an analogy of this dog. Do you remember that one? And it's like, basically, the author is saying, like, when you think about a dog and its relationship with its owner, when you come home and your dog is there, like, so excited to play, and maybe you've had a bad day and you're not in the mood to play and you're just tired and you just want to, like, sleep or you want to get home and lay in the couch and just, like, you don't really have the energy to play with the dog that day. Like the dog's probably going to try to play with you. And then once you're not giving the dog the attention that it's asking for, you're just going to kind of like lay down and chill. And then tomorrow when you wake up, like it's probably going to try again. And it's not going to take you personally and be like, oh my God, it's because of me. She doesn't like me. He's ignoring me. He's like, blah, blah, blah. No, it's just life and not taking things personally and just that coming up in relationships. I just remember that so much from that book. And I think that all of those books are going to be so great for your growth. So 
I know we were also talking about it via DM. Oh, you forgot about that analogy of the dog? I forgot about that analogy, but the one that I always remember from that book, they talk about like our our skin and like as as humans, we all have some sort of trauma. Even if we've had the like most ideal life circumstances, we always come out with some sort of trauma from, you know, conditioning or, you know, things that we've been taught or our own experiences. And so they describe this trauma as like someone touching this burn wound or this, this scar on your skin. And it like, you know, instead of them being able to touch your skin and you being comfortable and safe and like that feeling good, it stings and it hurts and it burns. And like, you want to push them away. And so I forgot about that one. Yeah. So I really always think about that one and how like this, this trauma, if we don't work through it, it's still there. It's still in our skin and it still hurts when someone like takes a little poke at it. Wow. That's wild that you're bringing this up because what it's making me realize is that I've read so many books since my spiritual awakening began, but I'm usually the type of person that like, once I finish a book, I don't wait too much before I start a new one. I just go to the next one. And I think I've sometimes I like, I guess I forget some of the things that I learned from which book it is. And then then someone's like, oh yeah, like this came up in this book. And I'm like, that's why I think that. Like sometimes I'll literally think that like, oh yeah, it's for example, when you have a fresh thing you're working through in your spiritual journey, it's still like a fresh wound. But if you take time to like actually take care of it, clean it, put a bandage, put a bandage, constantly keep changing the bandage, taking care of that wound, like that's you working through that trauma. And like at first it's going to still be a little painful, but eventually it becomes a scar, eventually becomes new skin. So I didn't even realize that that, it was something I had like picked up from that particular book, you know? Yeah, I can relate to that. So I love that so much. It's a great analogy as well. Uh, and what I was going to say is that I know we were also talking about on DMs on Instagram about this course, Becoming the One, mm-hmm. which I've done in the past. So did you end up signing up for it? I haven't done it yet. My plan is to by the end of the month. But yeah, I don't know what caused me to reach out besides just that you told me about it and you it know I didn't you. about it I didn't even like follow this woman on Instagram that does the course that holds the course I just went to the landing page and the first sentence on the landing page is um are you tired of attracting avoidant unavailable and narcissistic narcissistic partners and I was like wow wow because I noticed those qualities in like the three most recent relationships that I've had Wow. Yeah, no, it things like that, it really just finds you in the moment that you need to find it. Absolutely. And I think as you move through that course, it'll be very transformational. So I'm very excited to hear uh, about it as you move through it and just take your time with it too. Cause like, there's no rush to finish it, but it will start to get deep. And I know you were talking a lot about thinking about the kind of partner you want, like what kind of relationship do I want in the first place? What do I want that person to be like? What are my values? What are my non-negotiables? That's all stuff that you're going to work through in this course because it's part of the modules and stuff like that. So I think it'll be really like a catalyst for so much growth too. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. And I did pre-order her book that comes out in June. So um, I think it'll be a lot of the same content, but then I'll have it physically to like refer to anytime I need. And yeah, I think it'll be really good. Yes, yes. For anyone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, there is this woman and I mentioned it in one of my podcasts. Her account is called Rising Woman and she has this course called Becoming the One, which I did during the pandemic, but when I was single and it was such a transformational course for me. Because what it really talks about is you being the one for you. 
at the end of the day, you're not looking for the one, you are the one. So love that so much. And I also, there's one more thing I really want to touch on with you that I feel like you have a good perspective to share is around financial abundance and like money mindset. So as you start to work for yourself and as you've just like navigated the world of entrepreneurship, how has that come up for you? And especially knowing around beliefs and conditioning and stuff like that, how have you rewired your beliefs to align with a higher frequency when it comes to that? Yeah, so growing up, my family was always very stingy and like cut coupons and um, shopped for like bought food in bulk when it was on sale and like stocked up. And so I kind of grew up with this, this mindset around money that it was something to be saved because it was limited. It was a finite resource and it was hard to get and earn and make and keep. And so when I was in high school, I think I started to really notice this programming in myself. And um, it was at that time that I really, you know, talked about wanting to live in a van or a tiny house. And I still think both of those things are super cool and I would love to do them. But something that came up later was that I realized that I was wanting these things because I thought and believed that I would never be able to afford what my parents had because of how costs have changed. And like, you know, my, so to give you some background, like my parents built their house. They hired one of their friends to like do the blueprints. And then my dad was a carpenter. So he and his friends built our house. And oh my, um, gosh. my my mom paid his friends with lunch and beer. And, wow. <laughs> And so they, they could afford to build a really nice house for, you know, a really affordable price. And so I thought like, oh, I'll never be able to have what they have because it won't be affordable to me. I won't be able to make enough money for, to have something like that. And so I was, you know, having this dream of living in a tiny house or a van because I didn't think I could have more than that. Um, And so I think entrepreneurship helped to expand that mindset because I think, like just the concept of money and want like wanting money being okay and our beliefs around money I think as entrepreneurs like it's kind of like ingrained in the space that we question these things and that we work through these blocks and so when I started to come into this space I was presented with you know some resources that helped me acknowledge these this programming that I received and kind of address it and so one of those books is called Money and the Law of Attraction by Abraham Hicks. Um, that's a good one, but the one that I love even more is called You Are Badass, badass at Making Money. Yes, <laughs> You Are Badass at Making Money. It is so good. And I love that book. Read. It's like you can, it's so easy to read. It's fun to read. She like makes really good analogies that like break it down and realize how, make you realize how silly some of your beliefs are. Yes. Jen Sincero. Um, She's so good. Yeah. So that's one that I would definitely recommend. Yeah. And then, you know, I realized that I had this belief around only wanting these smaller things because I thought that's all I could have. And I've kind of now gotten to the place of realizing that I can have both. I can afford my dream house, but I can also have a little camper van that I want to, you know, take on road trips or do whatever, because I'm capable of having that. And I will make that happen if that's what I want to happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's also kind of like 
a worthiness thing. It brings up worthiness in us too. Um, and what we believe we're worthy of and capable of achieving. So that's another part I think that filters into that, that concept around money. Yes, for sure. I think that's all super important, especially the, the worthiness thing and everyone listening, like if you want to work on your money mindset and read that book, read your baddest at making money, because as Kelsey said, it's like super easy to understand. It's, it's just like a hype woman type of read. Like she's just hyping you up about your ability to just like attract whatever you want. And I, I remember some of her stories because she's very vulnerable in that book. And she talks about how like she used to live in like a super small house and like didn't have a lot of money and was just like broke and how she was able to build her wealth and her success through mindset and belief in herself. So yeah, I think that's super tied to worthiness and super tied to just working through like, what are my blocks? How was my upbringing? What did my parents think about money? Like that's such a part of the work as well. Like you started telling your story by giving context about how your family is and how it made you think differently about money. And then realizing those things eventually led for you to be able to shift them and and grow your beliefs. And I think that even ties into like how I make purchases now, because growing up, it was like clearance rack clothing and like yard sales and hand-me-downs. And like my parents were raising three kids and they were just trying to get by And yeah, I think like now I'm more willing to spend a good chunk of money on something that's quality and will last me and have less things that are nice over having a vast amount of things that are not so nice or that don't bring in as much joy. Yes. Like joyful purchases. And I remember that's something Jensen Sarah talks a lot about too. Like what is joyful spending for you? Allowing yourself to spend money on the things that bring you joy. Like it's so important because that's what money is for. Money allows us to have amazing experiences, great food, clothes that we love. It's not a bad thing to like have or want or attract or talk about. So yeah, I love that so much. So do you want to add anything? Yeah. And, and that it's not wasteful to spend that money on things that bring you joy. Because I think that's something that we hear a lot too. And like, what brings you joy is not going to be the same thing that brings someone else joy or someone in your family joy. And so, you know, them saying that, for example, I don't know if like you bought tickets to a music festival or something like that. And you spent a thousand dollars on that weekend ticket um, to my family. That would be like, Oh my God, that's such a waste of money. You should put that thousand dollars towards X, Y, and Z. But it's like, if that brings you joy, that's, that's worthy spending. That's a worthy way of spending your money. Yeah. And then when you're also at, spending money on things that you are actually excited about that's the energy that you're putting towards that money and then you're probably going to attract more money because you're in a good vibration with the spending as well so like the money going is also coming back and I think that's a really cool aspect of like the energetics of money too so I love that as well and just like knowing that what's joyful spending for you is also different than what other people might consider joyful spending and some people might not even understand that at all yeah so With that said, I want to do some rapid fire questions to close out the episode. So you don't have to overthink them. Just like whatever comes to you in the moment, just channel through. So the first question is matcha or coffee? Neither. Neither. No caffeine? No, I literally just drink water or like fresh juice. Wow. Okay. You're the first guest to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that though. That's super good. Uh, what does makes you feel like your higher self? Like what connects you to your higher self? I feel like my higher self, I think when I'm like mostly in my feminine, when I'm like able to put on a good playlist and dance and like 
cook and um, like lay outside and enjoy the sun and read a good book. Those things all feel like most to me. Yes. Love that. Like nature. Yeah. So powerful. And when it comes to just like this story, everything that you shared in this episode, if someone like didn't hear anything except this part, what would you want to leave them with? Start trusting yourself and your soul and your intuition and what you want and stop listening to everyone that thinks they know what you want better than you do because you know best. You know best, baby. Yes. Love that one. Do you have a quote or like a life mantra that you live by? Or a, a quote that you enjoy doesn't have to be just one. Uh, um, I always remind myself in difficult times, everything is working out. Best case scenario. Yes. It's a good affirmation. Yeah. Amazing. And then if you have any like books that have really impacted your journey, what books would you recommend to anyone listening? The book I always recommend is Mastery of Love. That is my favorite book of all time. And I think that it's one that can serve every single person that reads it. Um, Yeah. And then with that, The Four Agreements was written by the same person. And that one is good as well. I love both of those books so much. And they're super easy to read and so simple too. So they're such good reads. Also like Libra Queen. I'm here just like, you're such a Libra. And like, I love it because I feel like Libra is really connected to like, relationships especially romantic relationships and I love how like that's been a huge part of your growth and I'm really happy we talked about it as well on the podcast and the conversation just flowed I knew it would and it just flew by so it was so fun having you on the podcast thank you so much for coming on and yeah it was so lovely so let everyone listening know where they can find you show like your links I'm also going to include them all in the description but just play yourself Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm really in a a place of transformation right now. And so a lot of what I have online doesn't feel like myself anymore. And so I'm kind of at this point where every other week I've been like debating, just like clearing it all and starting from scratch in what feels like the new and authentic leveled up version of me. And so right now you can find me, I'm going to use my name, Kelsey Weaver, but Um, Right now on Instagram, it's Consciously Kels. And then on TikTok, it's by Kelsey Weaver. But I'm saying this all to say that those may change in the coming weeks (laughs) as I evolve. Um, But yeah, for now, that's where you can find me. Cool. So when this this episode is probably going to go live, like mid-June. So when it goes live, we'll see if that's still the (laughs) username. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll update you if they change. Sounds good. Thank you so much for coming on and to everyone listening. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, would love if you could share it on your story, tag both of us or send it or send it to a friend who you think will enjoy it. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, a review or rating would always be welcome. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Kelsey. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.